The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform and any medium. You'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive. And finally, you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs. So if you'd like to claim your free training now, go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it now. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge, and I'm laughing because today's guest is truly extraordinary. He's someone who I've learned from. I consider myself to be at top, top, top level, but this guy is unique. I have never learned so much from anyone in such a unique way. I frankly was talking to Eli, and we'll introduce you formally, Eli, before we started the show recording And I said, you know, some of what you teach is so, so high level. I don't know that anyone other than people who are highly intelligent are going to be able to get it. And I know Eli, (laughs) we won't say for whom, but we're going to break it down in a 38 minute presentation. I know for a fact, this is true. How much did you sell? 200 and what? Oh, that was a fun one. Uh, in 38 minutes, we did 280,000 cash collected from the leads. And then there's obviously the upsells and stuff from there. But yeah, that was a fun 38 minutes. Fun 38 minutes. So if you want to know how to do that, you better fucking stay tuned. So I'm just going to whip through your biography and then we're going to dive into some interesting stuff. So business mentor and global sales coach, and I will add super genius, Eli Sanchez understands what's preventing so many people from reaching their goals in life and business. Through easy to follow methods, Eli teaches how to get quick and lasting results to maximize your time, energy, and impact. He's helped tens of thousands of entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners increase their revenue and influence with his popular sales training approach, a new way of speaking to the prospect based on their personality type. Now, I wanna pause right there because there's so many different personality analytical tools like the disc method and Myers-Briggs, which Myers-Briggs I kind of don't buy into because it was invented by two women at their kitchen table. I don't know if you know that or not. So let's talk about your, your methodology for ferreting out people's personality types and how that helps your ability to sell on an extraordinary level. A hundred percent. This is fun. And this is the stuff that I, I kind of teach inside. We have sales training programs, influence, you know, how to 
speak on stage style programs. And then as you know, a good friend of ours, Chase Hughes, I'm connected with Chase, partners with him on a lot of those projects. And so they're all kind of blending into this idea of just influence, right? And so if you're asking about like the personality and how to influence different personalities, it kind of depends if you're speaking one-to-one is obviously going to be a little bit different. If you're speaking to a crowd and there's multiple personalities, you know, there's a bunch of different. Well, I've been told I have multiple personalities and they're all obnoxious. But... And this, this is perfect. Then I'm speaking to a crowd right now. <laughs> Paul A, Paul B, Paul C and Paul Ross. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the idea of, of it is really simple though. Then this is a mistake most people make. Most people are just speaking and hoping that it lands they're speaking and they're hoping that they could, like if you're on a sales call, you're speaking to that person and you're trying to see if they're qualified. By the way, one thing, pause, your camera is, your camera angle is cutting off the top of your head. If you could like tilt your- I'm gonna get a little lower for you. Yeah, we can't see your whole, your whole beautiful head. So if you tilt it a little bit. Like this, look at that. Now Yeah, yeah, there you go, keep going. So check this out. There's, um, besides pattern interrupts, which you just did, there's some things around personality selling. And so if you understand the type of personality that you have in front of you, you know how to speak to that person. Here's how it's relevant for like a salesperson. And I'll tell you how it's, how it's relevant for like, if you're speaking, like you saw me in front of 298 people, about 300 people and selling, uh, you know, something they weren't even expecting to buy and they bought, right? So how does that happen? You have to do one thing. You have to build the buyer. And most people do it completely opposite. They're sorting and they're seeing if someone's qualified and they're hoping that this person, you know, sees what Paul Ross has. And they're like, oh, I actually do want that. But the best version, if you're truly trying to influence people, you're planting little belief seeds in their brain so that they turn into the person who wants to buy. Okay, stop, pause. If this is true, I know it to be true, but I want to play the role of the skeptic. If this is true, if you can take someone and build them into the mindset that they become a buyer when otherwise they would not be, this is a fortune waiting to be made. So talk about the methodology of how you do it. Uh, I won't get into how I know you do it. There's some top, this is, I'm not exaggerating for the show. We have to keep some things confidential uh, yeah. but to the extent that it's not confidential please reveal how you do it what are the steps a hundred percent by the way i'm open and it's your audience so i'm open to over delivering with them and just giving them stuff that okay as long as we as we keep any non-disclosures you may have made with any third party that you've used this with yeah no need to mention exact numbers or names but i'm i'll right. teach your audience the exact yeah. do it you do know? it and so you have to build the buyer. In other words, and this is proven, you already said you, you know this works, but this is proven with like studies. Like the Cialdini did that study where there was like 500 people and they got the baseline answer. I don't know if you know this one, but they asked six questions, all the same exact six questions to 500 people. So a huge sample size. And they found out there was about a 22% yes rate. So they said, if I ask these six questions and the last question is just something silly, like into your email address and we'll give you some free you know, thing, 22% of people said yes. And then they went to an additional 500 people and they changed one thing. All they said is, they changed the first question and they said, do you consider yourself adventurous? And by people saying yes, it 3X'd the amount of people that said yes at the end. So it went from 22% of people saying yes on average 
to close to 70% of people saying yes. What's the mechanism behind that? How could that be? Because people take action based on what's prominent in their head. And so what does that mean? People take action based on what's readily available in their head. If you geek out on like some of the psychology that you and I do, it's like they're priming the prefrontal cortex, some people might call it. But really what you're doing is think about how do people make decisions? They make decisions based off the information in their head. So if they just told you that they're adventurous, maybe they told you that they love doing fun things. When you present them with an opportunity that's adventurous and fun, people are more likely to stay consistent with who they proclaim they are. So that is an easy example. If you ask someone if they're adventurous, you're more likely for them to take adventurous action. So how does that relate to speaking on stage? If I'm naming things and planting these belief seeds, for example, if I, if I label the whole room, this is a high level room. One of the great things about, you know, let's make, let's assume I'm speaking to your audience. One of the best things about Paul Ross's audience is you guys actually have a drive to learn this stuff. You, you want to learn more about communication. You want to help more people. You want to learn these language patterns so you can actually make a big difference in people's lives. And since this is such a high level room, I can actually teach you guys some more advanced stuff. What am I doing there? I'm well, you're giving them, you're giving you're preceding their sense of identity. Yes. And they act according to their sense of identity. So rather than pitch the product, yeah. you're structuring their identity. A hundred percent. And the moment you can kind of get that buy-in, that that is their identity, whether it's entrepreneurs or calling them just smart or calling them high level or calling them people who want to contribute back to the world, whatever that is, the moment you have that locked in, I can start attaching behaviors of that identity. And so one of the things I've, I could say, for example, let's say we, we spoke to a room and we got everyone to lock in the identity that they are entrepreneurs. I can start saying, here's what entrepreneurs do. And that person is much more likely to take action based on that. An example yeah. of that. Now, you I want you, uh, well, go ahead and give the example. And then I have a, a short example that's really obvious is just saying things like this. Now, entrepreneurs, one of the reasons they became entrepreneurs or business owners is they have something to give. They have something to give back to the world. Now, everyone knows the way you give is by learning more, right? You can't give something if you don't have it. You cannot give that which you don't possess. So step one is growing and step two is giving. And I think you're here because you want to grow. And then you're going to somehow later down the chain, tie that to your offer. Bingo. Yeah. And then now they're like, that's who I am. That's why I'm here. That's perfect for me. But if it wasn't for me planting that seed, just like asking if they're adventurous and planting a seed that results in an idea later, they feel like it's their idea, but it wasn't me just sorting and seeing if they were qualified. It's me adding small things into the conversation so that they pull from that later and make the decision that I'm hoping that they, I want them to make. Right. So you're planting these small chunks. You're not like hu yeah. a huge chunk of your entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are people who take action because they want to give. That's too big a chunk for them to absorb. Yeah. So you have to do it with some finesse and do it at a chunk level, as we it's an NLP term, whether you're giving a huge piece. So the metaphor is, are you giving a lion a slab of cow beef, or are you taking the birdie and feeding it little bits of yeah. what it can eat? And I think that's what true influence is, right? There's all, I mean, we've, me and you have both studied NLP, we've studied hypnosis, studied a bunch of therapies and stuff. And a lot of good stuff in there and some of it doesn't work 
I think you admit some of it of is they act like it's just a perfect Jedi mind trick. No. You an embedded command and that person will, you know, do any. It's not quite that, but it is a series of more likelies, right? If the more of these, like you said, these little seeds or crumbs that you have start stacking up. And so, yes, you don't want to make it overly obvious or cheesy. The way I've heard it explained is like a technique shown is a technique blown. I don't know if you're yes. heard that before, right? Or a tactic identified as a tactic disarmed. Yeah. Yeah. You can't show it like a handkerchief hanging out of a magician's sleeve. It doesn't have the same power. And so instead, it's just a series of little things. And the key to this, by the way, isn't manipulation. Everything you should say is true. But it's not just that it's true. It's that it's in their head. And so a key thing that we always teach is influence isn't about your intention. It's about the audience reception. Right. So it's not about I wanted to see if they wanted to buy. Or I wanted to show them how awesome I was. It's how you put that in their head. It's about their reception. OK, you pause something. You said it's not just that it's true. You said that that it's in their head. Correct. That's paraphrase. Is that a correct way? That's, that's crucial. It's not just that I know time goes by quick. And if you don't sign up for this, five years might fly by. It's that I say it so it's in your head so that you can think about that. So the question is, that begs the question, how do you say that little bit that if you don't do this, time will fly by in a way that it matches the identity that you created? I think I know, mm -hmm. which is you're all entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are not just people who want to give back. They recognize that their most precious, precious commodity is time. And that whether they take action or not, that time is going to fly by. You can never get it back again. So entrepreneurs 100%. realize that acting quickly when there's an opportunity to do those things that entrepreneurs do, to give back, to be adventurous, to create their own their own wealth. Am I getting it sort of correct? 100%. And, and that's a really direct... I learned fast. It. What's that? I learned fast. <laughs> Learn quick. Let me give you two more examples. Um, I saw one of your friends, uh, Jeremy Miner. He's a friend of I ours. Love, I yeah. love Jeremy. We've done maybe seven one-on-ones with him. So he hired us to help him with his speaker training. So he does these virtual events and we help him. And, and one thing that we helped him with was just because um, he's he has all the testimonials in the world. But it's more than logically just showing someone, here's a thousand testimonials. When you show them a thousand testimonials or a thousand and one testimonials, that doesn't really make a difference. A I'll tell you why. Here's why I think it's the case. Because they still might think, well, it works for them. It, that doesn't mean it's going to work for me. So what you need is what we call the trust trinity. You need to have three levels of trust. They need to trust the speaker, whether it's Paul Ross, Eli Sanchez, Jeremy. You know, They need to trust the speaker. They need to trust the product. Those two are easy. Anyone could do that. But the real question is, do they trust themselves? So true. This is when I say one of the reasons why traditional sales are outdated because they talk about no like and trust. But nowadays, it's not enough. You yeah. have to get their prospects, the prospect to believe that they can trust their own ability to make a great decision. And it's so much harder these days to do that. Why do you think it's harder these days to get prospects to trust their own ability to make a great uh, good decision and how do you go about getting them to believe that they can there's a lot of reasons attention is lower than ever trust is lower than ever options are are 
uh, there's more options than there was before. So it's easy to say, let me shop around. But just to give you one little fun tip on the timing thing, right? Like how to pre-handle potential timing. One of the things we did with Jeremy is instead of just having 20 different testimonials that are all relatively saying the same thing, like we can help you make more money. Let's not make it about money. Let's make one of the testimonials have a different lesson. Not here's my product to help people make money, but here's my product to help people get their time back. You know, and so maybe you tell a small story when you insert testimonial, testimonial pops up on my screen right here. And it says, now look at one of my clients, Paul. Now, Paul was really great, a good friend of mine now. He became a close member and treat him like family. But when Paul first started, he had three kids and he's like, man, I'm so focused on kind of being the foundation for my family. I don't know if I have time to join a sales program. So you can start to see I'm starting to add in this time element. This guy had three kids. He was busy, focused on the foundation of his family. I don't know if I have time to do this right now. You know, and, and so one of the things Paul mentioned, and you're going through a story that Paul had to navigate how time, and now this is obvious for him now, but one of the things Paul realized is time's the one thing you can't get back. And so I remember speaking to Paul and I told him, you know, you know, one thing that I've been lucky enough, you know, smart people, they learn, you know, from their own mistakes, but the smartest people, they learn from other people's mistakes. Love right? the flattery. You're giving them the thing. You're giving it. This is what Chase was sort of like. And uh, this is something akin to what Chase would do is you're telling them that here's what's they're smart. And if they yeah. want to be smartest, they'll do this. Yes, there's this and that there's this part and there's the better part, right? Smart people learn from their mistakes, but the smartest people learn from other people's mistakes. And one thing my mentor taught me, so I'm not yelling at Paul Ross if I was training you, right? Now I'm just talking about myself. Now, one thing that one of my mentors taught me is if you're ever laying on your deathbed at the end of your life, you never think, I wish I worked more hours and made more money. No, you think about like, the quality of time you had, the people you connected with, your relationships, your memories, your impact. That's what really matters. And so if you're doing that, imagine you're speaking to a huge crowd. There's a thousand people and you're talking about a testimonial. You're not just saying this guy bought my product and made more money. You're saying this person saved time. He made so much money, he had time freedom because success is choosing what you do with your time. Because everyone knows time's the one thing you can't get back and insert testimonial name. And Eric now has the time back where he can choose what he does with his three kids. He can hang out with them so much more. Do you see how that? Is I've seen that done accidentally. I've yeah. seen it done accidentally. I've never seen it done as a deliberate knowing tactic that says this is a very high value uh, and tying it in a way to the identity of an entrepreneur. So when I have seen it, it's accidental. And when I have seen it, it's not as powerful because it's not tied to the identity that you've got them to buy into. It's not tied into buyer creation. So mm -hmm. I can see how they, uh, I'm, I'm seeing the connections and now I'll, I'm automatically going to adapt it. And the other thing, yeah. this kind of reminds me uh, tangentially of yeah. Alex Hermozoi, who I'm sure you know. Of course. I would love to get him on the show. I'd give my left nut to get <laughs> Alex. Uh, uh, but Alex says people will go for speed more than they will go for free. People yeah. want speed. Yeah. Yeah, there's no debate on that, especially now more than ever. People want shortcuts. They want the clip notes. They want the fast action. 
they want the the diet pill if you want to use a Hermosi style fitness. Yes. No, no. Yes. They want the diet pill of their industry. Yes. So that we know that that's not the right answer. You actually need people need real help, not just like the quick fix, but selling it or at least wrapping what you're explaining as the quick fix is proven to get more people interested. And so how you explain things is more important, more important than the content is the kind of context in which you teach something or, or explain. something. I also noticed you did something very clever. You use quotes. You didn't just say directly to them. You talked about what your mentor told you. Yeah. And there's even a little bit of tactical or maybe even strategic confusion, yeah. what we call an NLP stacking realities. So they sort of yeah. lost track of who's saying it. And that creates a state of suggestibility. It was that deliberate. Of, of course. Yeah, of course. And it's not, I mean, it depends how deep you want to go with your audience on some of this stuff. But uh, Chase and I geek out on this because you mentioned him. Him and I were in uh, in Napa because he came out to California and we we're kind of talking about all this stuff. And this was back in October now. Man, it kind of time flies at October. So four months ago or so, we're hanging out and we're talking about that idea, what you're talking about. Like you can hide things in a story. And then the person that you're speaking to isn't as defensive you know, in, re in psychology, call it reactance. And so if, for example, I'm going to sell- Define reactance for those who don't know the term. It's the defensiveness that people get. And they can so get- What the, was that word? The D? The defense, yeah. Yes. Defensiveness that defensive. people get. And right. so, for example, if I'm speaking to a personality that has a big ego, for example, this guy thinks he's the best in the world. He thinks he's, you know, super special. And then I just start- talking to him, I'm saying like, well, why aren't you making more money if you're the best in the world? He's likely to get defensive. He's likely to not sign up, by the way, because he's going to categorize Eli as someone who just doesn't get it. He's going to yeah. put me aside. And right. so I just give him direct advice like that. Like, you need to figure something out. You say you're the best, but you're not getting results. What's wrong with you? I could never say that. No. But you could hide those still like those same ideas and stories. Right. And so maybe there's an example where I talk about, you know, I've been so lucky that I had such great mentors. And at one point, one of my mentors just said, Eli, you got to kind of define two things. Where are you right now? And where do you want to go? And it was simple. But I remember looking myself in the mirror at one point and saying, you have so much potential, but you need to do something different. Listen to that embedded command that's stuck inside a loop of a story. <laughs> yeah, so you get it. And for the audience, just to kind of break that wall, what did I just do? It's me talking to me. Eli's in the mirror saying, you have so much potential, but you know you need to do something different. There must be a, something different that you need to do if you want to get different results. And but that's tied like, back. And that's tied back as I see it. Forgive me for interrupting. And please. you guys and gals watching, I'm, I'm unpacking this in a way where you can understand it better. If you haven't created the buyer identity, they're going to go, uh, yeah, okay, so what? So yeah. you have to create the buyer identity to empower the rest of the techniques. Is that correct? A hundred percent. Yeah. You have to put them in the right state. You have to connect to their identity. And then you've kind of earned the right to do a lot of this stuff. If there's no trust, none of this works. And I should always note, I think sometimes you get so fun or into this fun stuff. You, you don't mention the most important part. Like none of this works if you don't actually believe in your own product none of this works if you don't if you're not being honest yes it can manipulate someone but long term you're not going to have good credibility if you've been 
blind to people. So you need to actually have a really good product. You need to believe in what you're saying. And then if you have that, where you actually do have a good product, you believe in what you're saying, you truly want to help someone, you have that, and then you merge it with these, you know, small shift in techniques, then you become really influential. I'm going to bat a belief at you. I don't know whether you believe it or not. This comes from my side of me that's a healer. I don't know if you're aware of the fact that I've done a lot of healing work with people. I happen to believe that there is such a thing as a, and I don't think it's just body language. I don't think it's, uh, kudos to Chase. He is a living God when it comes to nonverbals and picking up body language and facial cues and all the rest of it. I don't think it's just that. I also think there's something on a non-local energetic vibe level, whatever you call it, that people can connect with. And if you're not coming from that place, I'm going to use a sloppy word. I hate sloppy thinking. I My office is very sloppy. That's why I have this cheesy beautiful background. But all of that said, I think there has to be a genuine energetic, genuine vibe behind yes. everything. Yes. That's, that goes beyond the physical, beyond what we can see. I don't know if that's your belief or not. I'm curious to know if it is. A hundred percent. And especially when, because you're bringing this up based off like a conversation. If you're trying to sell someone on an idea, if you don't truly have that connection, people are smarter than, than you think, right? People can tell if you're being insincere or they can tell if you're trying to manipulate them or they can tell if you have like an agenda or you're trying to use a technique. And so you truly have to, like the base, the foundation, the most important thing you could do is truly try to connect with someone, truly try to step into their world, truly try to understand where they're coming from. That's the thing that's most important. And then on top of it, you can use proven techniques and strategies that make, like we said, it's just a, it's a series of more likelies. Let's talk about some of the methodology techniques, yeah. strategies for stepping into the other person's world and truly understanding them. We've talked about how to create the identity of being a buyer. And I think there's more to add to that. You yeah. talked about the Trinity of trust. Is that the correct term? Trust Trinity. Yeah. Trust Trinity. So talk about the trust Trinity. And I'm assuming part of that is truly understanding the other person's world. Is that correct or not correct? A hundred percent. So yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's By the way, Folks, pause. Is this not like one of the most fucking great episodes you've ever seen? I, 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 my wet dream is to have uh, some kind of event, virtual or even better live, with you and Chase and me and Jeremy. I think that would be, huh? That'd be really fun. That'd be fucking awesome possum. <laughs> but keep yeah. going. We have a, a lot of other killers too that I can help probably connect you with. But to yeah. answer the question, you're, you're kind of asking like, what is that kind of process? The first thing I would say is um, you have to make sure someone's in the right state before you try to use all these techniques. And I've seen people who paid a lot of money to buy these expensive kind of mentorship with influencers and these like hypnotists and stuff. And they miss that key thing. You have to get people in the right state before you even try to kind of do these things. And so what does that mean? The easy example is you're in San Francisco and there's a homeless person chasing you with a knife. They could be yelling the perfect, you know, tonality around some, you know, language patterns and it's not going to work because no. you're in the wrong state. You're like, I fucking got to get out of here. This is scary. This guy's chasing me. Right. And so as we get less extreme, if you're on a sales call 
let's say me and you are on a sales call, but it sounds to me like Paul is trying to use a technique or it seems like he's trying to just get a commission. That's like something's off. I'm not going to open up to this guy. Right. There's no amount of like in hidden story. I And then he was so open and you're so open that makes someone open. It's like this guy feels insincere. Talk so, about some just uh, I'm I'm yeah. uh, interjecting to try to get some clarity on this, but also yeah. to get parallel because one of the ways I understand is to go, oh, that's like this. Yeah. It's yeah. also really good. Back when I was a dating and pickup coach, I would say, excuse me, one of the best ways to seduce someone is to come from genuine curiosity, not fake curiosity, but learn to be genuinely curious about the other person's world without making it an interrogation. Yeah. If you can be conversationally curious, I'll, I'll coin that term, then that person will open up because it's very rare that people feel seen and feel paid attention to in a, in a genuine way. A hundred percent. And and the way I look at what you're saying, I know you chose the word seduce, but that to me, since it's genuine is more, that's this true connection. You're genuinely connecting with somebody and yeah. that's right. It's not like you're using a, a manipulation tactic. You're truly being a human, you know, you're caring to listen to that person and appreciate the world. And that genuine connection starts putting someone in the right state. They can sense that you actually care. And all that is like your foundation. Once you have that, and when we do like our programs, we always start with making sure there's like a checklist to make sure people understand that that's the foundation. Then phase two is teaching them all the story selling system or shifting identities or stagecraft secrets. All that stuff comes second to what you're talking about. So 100%. Step one is putting them in the right state. And then from there, you can start kind of building them into become the buyer, but you have to put them in the right state. And just to give you like an example of what I mean by that, if someone, let's stick to sales because that's an easy example, right? If someone feels that they are completely broken, everything they try fails, there's some, they don't know if there's something wrong with them. They don't know if it's something because of anxiety or they're self-conscious or they feel broken or, or trapped. If they feel like every decision they make is a bad decision, they're not likely to make another decision to sign up because right. they don't right. trust themselves. They're in the wrong state. And right. so you ask a perfect question that's on some expensive, you know, $20,000 sales script that you bought from someone and it won't work because you're teaching them, you're trying to use the technique when they're not in the right state. So how do you get someone to feel more comfortable so they're in a receptive state or resourceful state that you might, you might use that term one of the ways to do it is making them feel intelligent, making them feel reasonable, or making them feel helpful. So reasonable, intelligent, and helpful. Reasonable, helpful. Yeah, yeah, and th this is all backed by by science on why this works. But people are more likely to realize, in this case, the truth that it wasn't their fault that they didn't get success in the past. They were kind of set up to fail, or you normalize, if you understand therapy, you normalize and you minimize some of those feelings. So they go, you know what? It, it wasn't me. I was just, there was bad circumstances. I'm capable. Circumstances prevented me from success in the past. I'm capable. I'm in. Let's sign This up. is the traditional thing of in, in direct response copy. It's not your fault. Yeah. Get them to understand that it's not their fault. You, what you're doing is more sophisticated and far more effective. This is triggering something else in my brain. Chase talks about 
uh, I don't know if he calls it hierarchy of needs, but people, some people need to be seen as intelligent. Some need to be seen as powerful. Some need to are looking for pity. Some are looking for deviance. Yes. Some are looking for belonging and some are looking for acceptance. Uh, is this any way play into what Chase talks about? And, and, of course. And yeah, they're all connected. So I love Chase. <laughs> I, let's talk about those really, really briefly. But um, before that, what I'm kind of talking about resourceful states is just getting someone open so that I can have rapport and connection and we can go through a sales process. How do you do that? What are the states that make people more open, intelligent, reasonable, and helpful? And there's all these little language patterns to help someone feel intelligent even to the tune of me saying one of the things that I love what you just said there, Paul. And then I just repeat one of the words you said, one of the things I love that you said there is this idea of conversational connection where you actually connect. Right. With someone. And just by right. me saying, I love that you chose that word. I've never heard anyone actually say it that way. Just that increases your, your openness, meaning you'll talk more later. Yes. Because yeah. I'm saying you're good at talking. I love how you said that. And you phrased it really in a unique way. By me doing that puts you in a better state. You get that. Very similar te to techniques I used to teach in seduction, where you listen for the person's emotionally charged words. So if you ask them, if you were to tell me what would be your ideal vacation spot, uh, yeah. it's not about where, but uh, and what would be your favorite thing to do there? If they say, blah, 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 freedom, blah, 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 play, then mm -hmm. I know to repeat back those words, freedom and play in anything I say back to them. It's very similar. Uh, and I hope the people who are watching this, when you kind of look at this a second time, don't try to just take the words, think of why that works, right? It's not yeah. just that they said freedom and you said freedom, but just the fact that you're able to listen to words they said highlight that what it meant to you to hear their words that means something that means you're actually listening to them right and so it kind of goes back to the foundation of you truly stepping into someone's world then if you do that step one step two there's all these more advanced things you can do for example someone said they like the freedom of traveling and you say something along those lines where it's like and I, those are the best people. When you travel the world, you realize people are just good. You know, you learn to trust people from all different cultures and you don't listen to the news that tries to scare you. All those things that I'm doing has an impact on that person. They go, yeah, the news is trying to scare you. People are good. You can trust people. By them hearing that, they're more likely to trust you. Yes, you can even use little self-gestures, which yeah. I know, yeah, very subtle self-gestures. This is so fucking good. Um, <laughs> Oh, okay. So let's see. So that's the trust trinity. Yes. Yeah. And well, that's, that's a piece of it. Um, and just to kind of circle back, because we talked about, you mentioned the kind of needs map. Yes. I want to just first talk about intelligent, reasonable, and helpful. And that's what, how I put people in resourceful right. states for sales. Um, but you mentioned something really fun. And one of my close friends, uh, Chase, you know, we talked about too. But that's how you, that's how we got connected. You saw me speak in one of, one of his yeah. things. So, um, he has something slightly different. He has kind of, there's different types of needs that people have. Some people need to feel intelligent. Some people need to feel pity. Some people need to feel strong. Some people need approval from other people. The moment you understand what people's needs are, you understand what they fear. Right. So if you know someone has a desire to be a get approval, 
And the whole time they're talking, they're like, I mean, does that make any sense? Am, am I making any sense at all? And they're really looking for you to be like, no, I know exactly what you're saying. They That person wants approval. You know, they have a fear of something. Right. And Just you should kind of, when the more you understand that person, the more you can leverage that. If you know someone really wants to be seen as intelligent. How would you leverage that? Let's get, give me a specific. If you know someone seeks approval and yeah. they're afraid of disapproval, how yeah. would you leverage that? Yeah. You think of, you know, you're at a, in a conversation with someone say even at, at work and you know, this person has a big fear of being disapproved and you won't want them to take a certain action. You could say something, you could tell a story about coworker number three, you go freaking Johnny the other day went over and he just started doing things without anyone telling him to do it. He just tried to take the lead on stuff. And sure enough, the manager freaking got so pissed at him. It's so simple. Like we tell people what to do, just do what you're supposed to do. If you start doing other things you're not supposed to do, right away, the manager's going to get super pissed. You're going to get written up, which is their fear of being disapproved, right? And so I'm saying Johnny fucked up over here. And they're going to be like, I don't want to be like Johnny because I have that fear of being disapproved. You kind of see it there. This is nuclear weapon stuff. <laughs> I, I feel that people who don't have these techniques, they're fighting with sticks and stones. And people who under have a, not just the techniques, but a deep level understanding have thermonuclear weapons. You know, it's funny, man. I was at an event in Florida. They do all these networking events and stuff. And there was a guy who was super intelligent driven, meaning he had a need to show people that he was intelligent. Right. And it was just random. Like the moment he... Like, we're like, hey, what was your name? You know, it's like, I'm Eric. You know, I, I've been here for two years. Before that, I was over at Harvard. And he just like squeezed in that he went to Harvard. Yeah. Like, you take a note of it. That's interesting that that came up so quickly. And then a few moments later, he's talking about, you know, something else that he created. And he just wants people to know how smart he is. What is he afraid of? If he wants he people to be stupid or dumb, he's, he's stupid or dumb, he's afraid of that. And so I asked him a question just about, because he's talking about business, and I was just like, you know, chatting with him. And there's a lot of egos, man, at these type of events. You know, of course there are, you know, he had a big ego. But I asked him a little bit about um, what was going wrong with this company, because he was only saying all these great things. And I was like, what are some of the, you know, challenges that you're having? Obviously, you scaled quickly. Were there challenges with growing that quickly? And he's like, no. Got it all down. It was really easy. Like, he's, he's perfect. Like, he's trying to show the world he's perfect. But then I thought he wants to be seen as intelligent because by the way, here's what you got to do. You have, you have to think of two things. What do I want? And what does the person in front of me wants? He wants to be seen as intelligent. He's a fear of being seen as stupid. I want him to actually open up. So as a little game, I'm like, can this guy actually open up and start explaining his problems? Cause he's trying to act perfect. Right. Beautiful so said, knowledge. How can I leverage his fear of being seen as stupid? And so I said something. I said, you know what you just said? You chose that word. And I haven't heard anyone actually say that before. I really love that word you chose. Because, some, man, sometimes I'm at these events and I speak to so many, I don't want to call them dumb, but these hard-headed people that aren't able to communicate kind of where they're at. I mean, every successful, <laughs> every successful leader, they kind of know their goals and their projections and their targets and next steps. I mean, that's kind of obvious to you, but sometimes it's hard to hear people articulate that but you've been able to explain everything really well and right <laughs> what do you think happens man? so good so talkative. this is so good this is yeah. so good and just so it's abundantly clear i spoke to his fear of being seen as stupid to see so your audience just to really lock that in i said there's so many i don't want to call them dumb but hard-headed people out there 
that are afraid and they don't know how to talk about their problem, you know? So now he's like, I'm not dumb. So I do talk about my problems. And then all of a sudden he's opening up at all these issues he had in his company. Isn't that fun? I see, I see the the tie-in and the parallel to what Chase teaches. It's it's really high level stuff. I would listen, I want you back. I would keep you on for two hours. We have another guest I have to prepare for. Uh, stay on for a couple of minutes after the show is over. People are, I, unless they're, I know my audience is smart. And smart people always want to continue to learn from someone who presents great value because that's how they know they can save time by being even more successful. <laughs> See how I'm doing it? So go. how do people find themselves staying in touch with you, Eli? Uh, EliSanchez.com. Yeah, my name's Eli Sanchez, EliSanchez.com. The Z in case you people don't know how to spell. <laughs> Eli, will you come back and do the show again? Yeah, send me a message. You have my number. Okay. Everyone, this has been an extraordinary episode of The Influencer's Edge. We'll see on a, uh, I can't guarantee too many guests of this quality, but I'll do my best. Uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Bye now. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform and any medium. You'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive. And finally, you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs. So if you'd like to claim your free training now, go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it now. Thank you for tuning in to The Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack of sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencer's Edge Show.